Welcome to Sons of Pitches. I'm Sean Bowers. And I'm Colin Hogan. We together have a production company in Chicago called Scuba Mission Productions, which is uh, uber successful, I would say, if I were a liar. Mm -hmm. That is correct. Yes, our production company specializes in pitching unscripted in reality shows to TV networks. We've been doing that for about uh, three, three-ish years now, and we had a moderate success at, uh, I would even go mild, mild, mild success, success at the top. If it was Tostito Salsa, it would be what are less than mild, one less Black than mild. Black bean and corn. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which, <laughs> that's my favorite yeah. salsa. And uh, you know what's funny is uh, it's still, you know what we got from that? Uh, mild success, we still got shit. Um, yeah, we just got, like you would from actual salsa. But so we've been pitching really confidently after that, and we were like, "Oh, we did this once. We can do this again. We're going to become format boys. We're going to become uh, reality jockeys. We're going to leave behind the scripted comedy world, and we're going to go and we're going to we're going to sell Steve Harvey mm-hmm. on a go karting show, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a Harvey go kart, and it's going to be a that's actually not that's a pretty good, <laughs> pretty that's, good that's, Harvey goes goes karting, yeah." <laughs> not bad that's pretty good uh but so we've been doing that ever since and we just got we've gotten so sick of it because we're coming up with new reality show ideas every week every week we're coming up with gold and we pitch it out and we get a lot of no's and then the idea goes away never to be heard from again unfortunately yeah. so it just goes out there dies on the vine no one hears these amazing easily to produce ideas they just Go to the wayside. But so we we decided to change the game because you know what they say. What's the what's that quote? The, mark the definition of, of insanity, insanity is doing the same thing over and, and over, over and expecting a different result. Well, we are going to change it and expect the same result. Uh, we are deciding instead of pitching to networks that could actually produce our shows, we're just going to bring friends in every week and we're just going to pitch them and see what they say they would like to watch, which is. Almost as satisfying as getting a huge financial mm-hmm. uh, deal mm-hmm. and producing an actual television show. If we can just get it's it's like social media. If you can get one mm-hmm. like, that's a reason to keep breathing another day. Yeah, you know, cut out the middleman. Who needs the network? Go right to the viewer. Yeah, and pitch directly to them. Yeah, but only one idea is going to walk away from here with the love and adoration of our uh, friends and family. And today we brought in one of our most critical. Uh, judgmental <laughs> friends, uh, Andy Durker. Hello, Andy. Hello. How how are you? Feeling very judgy today. Yeah, yeah. that seems so. It's about a normal day for you. Yeah, pretty say. much. I'm ready to tear something down. It's That's nice. but you're you're gonna build it up too, right? Because this is a positive show yes. for friends where we, you know, we it's constructive criticism. Mm. I want to focus on the constructive. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure you'll get your bitey Joan Rivers esque mm-hmm. criticism oh, in there too, but. You know, I'll try. Okay. Even when the network shoot us down continuously, they still have a little bit of niceness to it. So, so if polite. you could replicate a little of that, sure, uh, we'd appreciate it. Some unfortunately, some I love the idea, but so you'd like me to really string these ideas yes. along, but it, it, for like, months on end, yeah. That's, but then that's, finally that's, at the end, no money changes yes, hands, and yeah. I'm just not interested. So just a lot of yeah. maybes. That sounds good. I, I actually excel at uh, people trying to contact me and then me just giving them absolutely nothing. So <laughs> that's, that's, great. that's my second. Skill. You should work in television. Uh-huh. You really should. What do you uh, What do you like to watch? What, what So we're talking specifically reality television. What What's your Genre, and I'm asking mm-hmm. you this knowing full well, I think, what it is. Yeah, yeah. a little. Uh, pretty much the only reality shows I watch are cooking-based shows. Uh-huh. Okay. I like watching British people bake. Yes. I like mm-hmm. watching children 
involved in some sort of baking competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like watching people try to cook like normal food, but then Alton Brown comes and takes all their utensils, so uh-huh. they have to cook on like an old trash can lid or is something. Is that a real show? Yeah, I think it's Cutthroat Kitchen is what it's called. Ideally, you're watching someone totally screw it up. Oh. Someone who just was, someone who's claimed at the very top, I'm a good cook, and then watching them Fall feed apart. food to someone that's just very disappointed in it. I, I like I like watching the disappointment. Do you like to pick up techniques from these shows? No, these people are usually terrible. Practical. Oh, I mean, it's hard. It's hard. Master Chef, those are good chefs, but America's worst cook is not. It's- you know, maybe that's something you guys could actually solve the problem of. Hmm. Because the problem with a lot of these shows is that they're not very educational. Oh. You don't. They don't actually tell you anything about cooking. You're just watching some guy like. They'll tell you at some point, like, that's not how salmon's supposed to look. Mm -hmm. And then you agree, and you're like, yeah, that is not how salmon is supposed to look. Are there food trends we should know about? Because I, myself, I'm not a great cook, but is there anything we should know? I ate a lot of noodles and company. Salt seems big in 2017. Salt (laughs) feels like there's a lot of salt. Salt. Sea salt or table salt? Uh, I think actually sea salt. If if sea salt is any different than regular salt, which I don't think it is, but I think... I think it's a chunkier salt. I think it's a... a, Bigger chunks of salt. Yeah, because I... Yeah. It's harder to get out. It's hard to get out of what? The mine or the ocean? Uh, out of the container. Because <laughs> it's bigger chunks. You know? That's what they're selling. That's you. how they charge you more. It's because they say, oh, God, we got to get the sea salt out. You got to pay an extra dollar for bigger holes on the top of your container. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to get the hole poker so yeah. we can get the sea salt oh, out. Man. Let's give them the upsell. You should get in the salt biz. Sounds like you got a lot of thoughts on that, too. What's that salt company where the little girl's pants are getting Morton, pulled down? Morton salt? <laughs> Hold on. The there little girl's pants getting pulled down is a sunscreen thing, which has nothing to do with Morton's salt. Wait, wait. What's she's, the salt she's one? She's holding an umbrella, and salt is falling out of the canister. Yeah. Uh, one further question. Competition. Is that important to you in your cooking oh, yeah. shows? Ooh. Or do you just like to see people? Do you just like it for the love of the game, seeing them cook, mm-hmm. and then you don't need anything else, or do you want somebody to win? Uh, I usually think whoever won didn't deserve it, but I do like watching people humiliate themselves. So I do think that the <laughs> the uh, the competition is probably an important part of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. there needs to be a winner. I don't care about the winner. I'm more concerned about there just needs to be a loser. You know? Oh yeah. That's the only way to get to a loser is to have a winner. Exactly. So the winner, the, it's incidental. Really, it's like in my thing, it's like the winner wouldn't get a medal. The loser would just get a really shitty medal. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So you just want to be a big old dick at the end of the episode. And be, big old I'm dick. better than everyone. Big yeah. swinging dick. They're terrible. Yeah. All right. That's. I don't care if I win. I just want someone else to lose. You're no the winners. sea salt of dicks. Uh-huh. That's right. A nice, big, chunky dick. Very salty. Dick. Very salty. Uh, all right. Well, I think we've got some ideas. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm speaking not knowing at all what Colin's idea is, but knowing that my idea is half-formed. Uh, I think we've got some stuff that's really going to hit home for you today. Yes. And if it doesn't, we're going to throw out some titles at you at the end, uh, some stuff that we didn't go for. Uh, just in case any of that strikes your fancy. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to write us a check or if you have a debit card that you want us to put on file to fund the idea... We'll get that information from you uh, on the podcast at the end of the episode. Sounds great. Well, with with uh, all the information from Andy and our pre-prepared pitches ready to go, let's pitch. Andy, when I say Area 51, Fort Knox, the White Gentleman's Club, it's a weird rich person's club in England, the Coca-Cola Vault, Chernobyl, what comes to your mind? Chernobyl really threw it off. I was going to say, because really, honestly, you said Chernobyl, and all I can think of is mutants at this point. Mutants, Area 51, aliens, gold, nuclear waste. I don't know about the White Gentleman's Club. White people. White people. Yes, white people. Well, the thing is, you know, in a good kitchen, nothing should go to waste, even in Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. 
and we already have nukes in our kitchen microwaves oh. it's a joke i had pre-written that i had to find a way to like shoehorn in thank you but all of those thoughts are dead wrong whatever you said whatever you think it's wrong because those places i listed they're all restricted or limited access to the general public Interesting. and that's for one reason or another it can be a government facility the coca-cola vault i think that's where they keep the recipe coca-cola gold I, I think it's not that hard to make coke i would imagine but that's wow have a whole vault for it statement but they all still have people there and those people they need to eat they need to you know it's a nine to five job they gotta get, gotta get lunch at some point so the idea for this show is we'll first tour the areas we'll get to see why they are restricted access we get to see where the food is made maybe there's a cafeteria Maybe there's like a tiny little nook, wet bar type of situation where you just throw a grilled cheese together. Who knows? We get to then see our host whip up a top-notch meal in this top-secret location. The title of this show is Dietary Restrictions. So is part of the challenge that it's really hard to get food down there because there's got to go through so many levels of clearance? Like how much red tape is in this show? I think... When we gather the ingredients, we need to be mindful of the location. So what could you actually get in there? What's repeatable? So if we have a you know, slobby chef at Area 51 who has clearance but can't go too far into the alien sectors, I imagine, <laughs> right. that uh -huh. are there, uh, we have to make sure this dude can replicate whatever is prepared on the show. So it's kind of like a, a guidance, okay. if you will. So rather than just a shitty menu that they have for these uh, top secret doctors and like whatnot. chicken nuggets or whatever, yes. like those, let's elevate the squares. menu. Let's also keep it within the theme, within the theme of the space. So area 51. Yeah. We prepare squid. Yeah. With like alien Aliens. gravy on yep. it. And it's just like regular gravy, but they, you know, they made it green mm -hmm. or something. Right. Yeah. Mm. This Imagine whole idea is predicated on the and the notion that Area 51 is a real place, though. Well, just I, to clarify, when I googled uh, most restricted places on the planet, Area yeah. 51 was on there. So it, it made the it made the list on the internet. It made the I think, Sean, the, the fact that you don't think that Area 51 exists proves that Area 51 is working. Yes, thank oh, you. Because rubes like you just get totally thrown off the. You know. Set. Okay. I just like a. I just like a funny movie. Wow. Sean, would you say Fort Knox exists? Yeah, that See, one's documented. See, that's a restricted place. Yeah, that one I'm on board well, with. Well, imagine if we got some top-notch cheese, a.k.a. liquid gold, mm -hmm. to prepare that, that mm -hmm. food for that bunch of people that work there. All right, I have an idea. This is a bit of a tweak. Okay. I don't know, if, I don't know what you're going to do. Jukes are welcome. Okay, all yeah. right, all right. So if you're thinking... All these places are, are impenetrable, right? The whole mm -hmm. idea is that like it's hard to get in there, mm -hmm. right? Well, instead, what it should be is maybe we find out what the food in there is, right? Mm -hmm. And then and, and determine that the food is bad, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have to have chefs break in to those places and replace <laughs> the food. You know what I mean? Like you could have a Unbeknown, so it's half heist. Yes. Half cooking. It's like a cooking heist show. Don't mind that. So you got Jamie Oliver in there with a fake nose and fake mustache. Yeah. And he's trying to sneak in. Uh, Alton Brown, dressed like a scientist. Mm -hmm. He looks he's like just, a scientist. He's just got a briefcase that says plutonium on it, but inside it's actually bologna. And he's cooking bologna sandwiches. Bolognium. I like that because my idea for the poster was it's going to be kind of a restricted access type of sign uh -huh. with some caution tape or that like big red 
whatever X yeah, yeah. kind of thing, caution. Biohazard type yeah. stuff. You need to get the Ocean's Eleven Trespassers of chefs together. Mm-hmm. And, yes. And, and everyone is a new heist because it's like they're trying to break in, so now you got Jadia Dealerentis dressed up like a mutant. Mm-hmm. And she, someone's carrying her like, well, we got to go take this mutant back down to the mutant holding cell. Area but, 51, I assume. Or Chernobyl. Or, yeah. or Chernobyl, yeah. 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 But they're just hanging out in Chernobyl. Who are these chefs in Chernobyl, by the way? Yeah, what are they cooking currently in Chernobyl? Because that's what I'm interested in. I think so, the food cooks itself. Do they have a wet bar situation, too? Because that that sounded disgusting, where they make the grilled cheeses at the wet bar situation. Yeah, I'll be honest. My, my knowledge of Chernobyl is somewhat limited. Oh. Um, I really have no idea what happens there. There's tunnels. There was that movie, Seat? The Chernobyl Diaries, tunnels. where they uh, went to Chernobyl for some reason. It was a horror movie. I didn't watch it. Was Anne Hathaway in that? No, that's The Princess Diaries. Oh. Uh, but you were so close. You were so close. Uh, <laughs> so if we go the Ocean's the Eleven route of chefs, do we have different chefs with different areas of expertise yeah. going in? Is that the plan? Like we have the army personnel type of chef. You need a rich <laughs> chef. You need a... Uh, Hot fat chef. chef. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need. I think you need a, like a uh, techie chef. What's that called? Yeah. Gastro, whatever. Yeah, he can like whip stuff up. Like it's like all we have is like some gravel, and he's like, no, what we have is he turns dirt into ice cream. And MacGyver yes. type yes. of chef. Yeah, you yeah. need an Asian chef. That's very important. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a uh, demolitions expert chef. Yes, which is kind of a weird chef thing, but you know, there's something there. Yeah. Do, do, yeah, the equivalent in my mind is like the meat guy. He's like the put meat more, guy. Put more steak on everything. Yeah. Put more of that. Do that. That's your uh... the nerd chef would be the guy who goes to like Google's secret headquarters underground, like server farm mm, or whatever. To search yeah. the recipe database. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think this is a good idea. Thank you. Oh. Well, that's my uh, show, Dietary Restrictions. Thank you, Sean. You're welcome. Um, all right, <laughs> Sean, you want to take your your stab at this with your. Uh, yeah, I'll take, good luck following that. yeah. Oh, I'll take a step. You seem to have a lot of confidence in your pitch. Mine doesn't excited. have Chernobyl in it at all, so I'm worried I'm already at <laughs> Well, we'll see. Maybe we'll have to punch it up and maybe add a little Chernobyl to it. Uh, every idea could use a little Chernobyl. All right, picture this. So anyway, Okay, so here's the problem with your stupid genre that you like, because mm-hmm. all cooking shows, they're the same. They're all, they've all been done. It's all just people cooking stuff. Uh, you know, we get it. People cook food. Uh, but like I said before, I can't eat the foods mm. these people are cooking. So what I want to see, much like you said before, are people attempting to cook uh, either two people who aren't that interested and don't want it or in near impossible situations mm-hmm. uh, to be in. And so I had originally called this uh, the Fuck Me Kitchen, mm-hmm. but I changed the name because I realized there's kind of a different angle here that I, I figured out. I call it Catering Hell. It's focused on uh, catering to uh audiences uh to diners that are sort of non-traditional sort of outside the box so let me give you an example Mm -hmm. here Uh, in one episode uh they're gonna have to cater to hobos right Mm. the way they do this is that they go to a high-end restaurant uh and they have to our contestants there's like 12 contestants or whatever however many it is and they all act as bussers for the night at this restaurant scooping up as much scraps and stuff as they can Mm -hmm. And then once the restaurant closes, they get to go into the kitchen. They have to use whatever scraps they collected to make uh, a high end or like medium to low end dish that uh, a group of homeless people would be the judges for and would determine if it was good or or not. Nice. You see, and that gets that's so that helps the homeless. So are, is I'm a little worried about the uh, 
how that would be perceived by the audience to see that they're doing literally so good. Getting, they're no, doing literally good. giving homeless people scraps of rich. No, people. they're elevating scraps. Yeah. That's such a that's such a All key right. thing in cooking shows is that they're elevating common ingredients. You're transforming it. You know so what I mean? if right. you can manage to get a half a hamburger from one plate. A hot dog from another. I don't know what restaurant this is. It sounds is. like a very fancy restaurant. <laughs> you, get, you get a hot dog off one plate, a hamburger off place. another plate. You get a steak. You grind that meat down. Now suddenly you're doing a, you could do a hash with that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, and that's And by the way, hobos love hash. Yeah. These hobos. They would put, and you know, at the end, if they like it, they put up a chalk symbol for this place does <laughs> mm-hmm. good food. I, I know this is just one episode. I do have a suggestion yeah. on this no, specific episode. I that's need okay. it. So what if we flipped the script a little and we had the hobos go to the high-end restaurant mm-hmm. on night one, and then night two, the rich people come in and have the scraps elevated from the hobos in the first night. So mm. you're the rich people think they're going to a fancy restaurant, and it looks fancy, and it tastes fancy. Mm-hmm. At the end, we say, hey, guess what? Oh, you're so eating the scraps of the homeless people eating, from last night's meal. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of fun, and that's uh, that's sort of pranky too, which is never you never a bad idea to it's add good. a little prank to yeah. the show. Well, I'd rather prank rich people than poor people, but sure. that's just me. I don't you're know the Robin you, Hood. Yeah, of I don't know how you like to operate. Here's another challenge. Okay, yeah, let's see so uh, they go to uh, you know these these orgy parties, mm-hmm. you know these things. It's all these ugh, ugly people. Just What's the one last night. Just. <laughs> See all these ugly people, mm-hmm. just sweaty and slapping skin. Um, but the thing is, you know, food is a known aphrodisiac, or there are foods that are known aphrodisiacs yeah. mm-hmm. that can make you horny. Make you horny. Hot dogs, ever before. hamburgers, hot dogs, hamburgers, Hamilton. Thank you. Um, so you, these would be the caterers would come in uh, before an orgy night, and they would uh, have sensual ingredients to try and make the foods mm-hmm. they possibly could but the other challenges and this is where it gets real interesting mm-hmm. is that the orgy people are naked blindfolded and the people have to feed the food they made they have to feed it to them in the most sensual way possible mm-hmm. and you determine by uh it, we either rig them up to like a horny machine whatever you call it, one of those things where it tests yeah. you're like oh my god i feel it yeah uh, i can just, just tell by looking at someone so well see and that's the thing is that you are those the, the machines at the arcades where you you grab with two hands and yeah. it like tells you his fortune? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the obviously the men it would be easy to tell because a little ding dongs would go <laughs> flipping up and oh, yeah. you'd blur it out because yeah. this is TV of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it would be so funny to because you get to add a wing or something yeah. and you get to <laughs> see is it so funny. and you know because then, then they'd be ready to go. Uh, Why are they blindfolded? Ones. Well, because it, that's standard RG procedure. Yeah, because I, they don't want you don't they don't want like you don't want to know who is feeding you because that could influence you just want uh, you just want somebody and that's part of it too is your feeding technique okay because fe- and you know feeding is a known sexual fetish too it is. so you get like an eater orgy colony okay uh, yeah that makes more sense but you know if just go walk down to the local eater orgy colony yeah hey we'll, knock on the front door you, say, you guys got casting. any events coming up so th- this this one has I, th- I feel like this this episode has what i feel like is a fatal flaw because there is really no food or no, 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 okay. no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, no, I mean, nothing can compete with the sensuality of feeding grapes to someone at an orgy, like yeah. grapes are the ultimate orgy food, so everything is just going to be suspended from something grapes? and then gripped it, yeah, oh, grapes are, uh, about chocolate covered strawberries, yeah, Salmon and like cranberry juice, mm-hmm. or that's a, that's a, you guys are going that's a UTI. That's UTI. That's, that's, if that's what you're that's dealing UTIs. with. Cranberry juice is for after. Well, 
I mean, well, yeah. So, but okay. How do you elevate grapes? Again, I'm talking. We're talking about elevation here. Yeah, yeah. How do you elevate grapes? How do you how do you elevate chocolate covered strawberries? And even if you don't, even if you say, oh, okay, uh, my ingredient, my secret ingredient is grape, and mm-hmm. you're the bad boy who's like, I'm not going to do anything to grapes. I'm just going to feed the grapes. Yeah. And then you have to rely entirely on like really getting your fingers. You know, you rub the grape along their face so the grape juice gets on their little cheeks, and then you wedge it inside their mouth <laughs> into the side. I was of their just gonna mouth. let those this, sounds that he was making into yeah. the mic just really, really reverberate. <laughs> I really hope that didn't I can add some reverb to that. Uh, but that and that's and that's sexy and that's fun. And so that's just the, one episode. I was gonna say, so when is the, the cooking involved? In the this? cooking is in the midst of this. But the thing is, the cooking is. You so, keep talking about just feeding sexually. Well, no, that well. Yeah, but before you feed, you cook. I mean, the cooking, we all know what the cooking is like. Every yeah. show, it's like, okay, we're going to cook now. And it's like they spend like 30 minutes running around the kitchen, and then they get down the last one minute, and everybody has to get their thing out of the oven real quick. I want to like – that's like 10 minutes of this show for me. The other – however long this show is, I'm going to say this show is 45 minutes long. We're going to go to an alternative network that's willing to do that. Yeah. Uh, 10 minutes of that, 35 minutes of – the either the buildup or the fallout, and it's a way to explore subcultures that need to be catered to mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. with food. Um, I was thinking about you could do one with like priests. Mm-hmm. You could go into a church where they're having a priest meeting, and you could do communion wafers, Jesus blood wine. You could do pages of scripture. Sorry, now I'm noticing in this episode there are no hobos and absolutely no one fucking. Uh, we'll see how the <laughs> okay. All if right. the priests, if the priests uh, eat food good enough that they're willing to denounce their god, mm-hmm. uh, this actually reminds me. Yeah. I don't want to jump too far ahead to my other jump. ideas, but I did have an idea that would be relevant to this pitch. Yeah, uh, your death row meal. I. It's funny you mentioned that. Hold on, what's this? So we very death row meal is a, a separate idea, but I think could be worked in and rolled into Sean's pitch, where we have a chef sit face to face with someone who's going to be executed mm-hmm. and then the they talk about what they did the murder the whatever yeah and then knowing this with this heavy info on their mind the chef then has to prepare a dope ass death row meal the last meal for this person before their execution dope so a little dark meal. but heavy yeah. Here's the thing. What this needs is a redemptive element, which means that somehow I, don't, I haven't quite figured out exactly how, mm-hmm. but if the meal is either good enough or bad enough, the person is not put to death and the person is released. Mm-hmm. So, so then the fate of wait, the human, they're just released the, straight up released. <laughs> Why they, they get to take their they get to take their their chicken that they just rotisserie yeah. and walk out on the streets and they're released back into oh society. God. I mean, that would be redemptive. Well, it's funny, you know, it's funny you mentioned the prison thing because I, I was, my idea up until like this morning yeah. uh, was an idea where you were, I was going to send in like 12 chefs to a prison and they would have to take over the prison kitchen or whatever. And I looked up and there was a show uh, already on the air in Canada called Conviction Kitchen, oh. which was similar-ish. It was that they, this uh, uh, restaurateur and his wife hired 24 ex-cons mm-hmm. and they had three weeks to rehabilitate and mm-hmm. open a restaurant of their own and i was like oh prison's kind of been done there's also i didn't even know, realize this there's a food network star i think mm-hmm. uh who was an ex-con he was like a drug kingpin in the 80s he went to prison i've got to know who this is I, I, he went to prison and then he came out and he, he learned how to cook in prison mm-hmm. uh and 
it then ended up working for like Caesar's Palace and a bunch of other like prestigious places or whatever. And now uh, he is back in jail because uh, he robbed Caesar's Palace. Actually, <laughs> he got enough money he could buy all the cocaine he wanted. He could be on my show. He could be on the host. He could be he, on this. In fact, he sounds like a great host. Yeah, yeah. but now he re- he has a show I think where he helps uh, uh, like at risk youths by bringing them to work in his restaurant yeah. or whatever. Boring. I believe you're talking about uh, Jeff Henderson. Jeff Henderson. Yes, is, is that's correct. Name. He's got that Jeff classic like kingpin name, Jeff Henderson. Mm-hmm. He just sounds like you just picture him with just a big pile of cocaine. Right? Yeah. It's a Me, real, Jeff it's a, Henderson. It's a real dirtbag name. Yeah. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. But the yeah. point is, I you know, prison, I think there's something to prisons and cooking mm-hmm. uh, because they always, you know, you look at it, they're eating gruel. And people are always like, oh, the food in prison, it tastes terrible. Well, what if you could elevate gruel? Again, it's all about elevating. No, I think we just combine all these ideas. And now it is is a bunch of death row inmates are in a cooking competition, and whoever cooks the best meal doesn't get put to death. But every week, someone gets put to death. Uh, Andy, you've got two, I would say, incredible ideas on Mm -hmm. the table here Mm -hmm. that you could watch. You've got either my idea. Do you want to sum it up and give them a quick one-sentence logline summary? Catering hell. When caterers... Go to hell. What is it like catering hell? <laughs> and that was the logline for the mm-hmm. one you just pitched. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, I didn't write the logline out. It seems like beforehand. a completely different show. No. Wait. <laughs> cater- no, because when caterers go into hellish scenarios, who will survive catering hell? Mm. The hellish scenarios could be an orgy, a priest thing, or feeding hobos. That yeah. feeding hobos or death row inmates or other things because every episode is different catering hell and my pitch is dietary restrictions when chefs go into the most restricted hard to reach places on earth and use whatever is available and use whatever is available to them to create a delicious and dangerous meal Hmm. you can only pick one idea and this will determine who you remain friends with after this episode well i choose Dietary restrictions. Ah, uh, cock my dick. Are you serious? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'd say the main reason was is that catering hell is totally incomprehensible. <laughs> what? Oh, come on. I, it's a it's a grab bag. It seems very expensive. Um, I hate I hate. It's just it shows just real contempt for the working class of America, which <laughs> you, I think is you showed is, contempt for the working. I think class. it's a little oh, dirty. Sean, honestly, I think you. I think no. anyone who pitches something like that really should take a long look at the mirror. Also, you had a big grabby name like fuck me kitchen, and then you watered it down well because i'm thinking about hell. networks nobody's gonna put a show on with the word fucking it the closest well, they're gonna we put got a, with cbs show about was orgies on but not my dad shit and they <laughs> they <laughs> they marked out the shit mm. tweets my dad shit listen congratulations colin thank you on thank your you. big win good luck finding area 51 Maybe episode two can be the lost city of Atlantis. Ooh. Well, I do like that idea. We that can would, find that it. would be interesting. That would if be a you good show. There's that, uh, uh, that resort, Atlantis, but that's not really restricted, it I counts, guess. But, if it's a um, city. I mean, well, fantastic. I'm glad to uh, have won. I yeah. do think my idea was much better and uh, actually achievable. Well. That being said, Andy, do you have any cooking show ideas that you would like to pitch us? No pressure. Yeah, we'll steal we whatever We did not you prep got. you ahead of time, Damn. but... You're the expert ideas. viewer, and we wanted to give you the chance. Um, no, I don't have any ideas. 
No, I worth, respect that. <laughs> you didn't waste our time. All right, Andy, I have a few more shows to throw at you then. All right, all right. And Sean, I don't know if you have any other ones. Yeah, this is a, let's, let's do a wild a card fire. round. Here's some of the ideas that we didn't feel like were good enough to uh, yell at Andy just yes. now, but ideas that we maybe Not flushed had a, out. Yeah, just uh, here's Colonel a grab bag. Here, we're just going to, let's put some music on. Great. Here, Here we, we go. go. Grab right. bag. Andy, first show. Sous vide or not sous vide? Iron Chef style competition that pits small, like mom and pop homemaker types who sous vide their food versus a pro chef who does not use sous vide. Digital play for digital network. Digital five play. to six minute digital episodes. Play. All right. Thoughts? That sounds great. That sounds great. Sign me up. Here, let me give you one. Here we. Here, it's called You Are What You Eat. And in every episode, you eat a delicious dish, but then you have to go live like the food you just ate. So you have to go pretend to be a green bean? Yeah. See what it's like. Well, how does a green bean get, uh, you know, out in the field? Mm -hmm. They get plucked. Or a uh, raisin. You go out into a tanning salon. Yeah. You get to see how it is after you eat the meal. Then you get to get another one of the same meal. You have to reconsider. Now that you've lived, walked a mile in the shoes of the food, Mm -hmm. if you want it. Eat the shoes of the food. So they give you the same meal again at the end and see if you would eat it again, knowing now what the chicken has been through. Yeah. You don't have to say yes. All right. Here we go. Keep it rolling. What else you got? Can't stand the heat. Mm. Uh, We cook at some of the hottest places in the world. Volcanoes, hot springs, but it's all natural locations that have a uh, extremely high temperature. Global warming is kind of touched on every time. Maybe we get some like cool celebrities, Leo Dio style to uh, help us there. But yeah, can't stand the heat. Sean? We got uh, an idea here. Uh, it's a kind of a dating cooking hybrid where uh, a master chef comes in uh, to a couple's first date and helps them make dinner together. Uh, and then uh, sort of fantasy suite style on The Bachelor, if they choose to stay the night together, the chef will make them an incredible gourmet breakfast the next morning. Mm-hmm. So it's about di- it's about the dichotomy of dinner and breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I call that one Fuck Me Kitchen. Uh, now this I'm interested in. Well, Andy, uh, we want to thank you for coming in and, yeah. and being the guest on this podcast. Yeah, it was an incredible help and a great service to us. And mm-hmm. this is much less depressing already than pitching these same ideas to a stuffy network executive. That being said, yeah, Andy, if you don't are talk. a network executive out there and yeah. you've heard any of these ideas at all and you have any interest or just want to chat with us, please, yeah. please reach out. Yeah, our email address is team at scuba-mission.com. The dash is uh, just a dash. It's not the word dash. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scuba mission without the dash.com was taken by a scuba gear rental mm-hmm. company. Uh, and we were not able to secure that domain. So don't forget the dash. Scuba.team at scuba-mission.com. We need your money. Uh, and we just need a win yeah. uh, at this point because today doesn't count. Uh, for us in our lives. Well, though I did win, to be fair. So. Yeah, but there's at least one winner here, which fulfills my obligation, yeah. which is I like to see one person as a loser. Uh, yeah, I'm the loser. Yeah. Sean's the loser. Hope you guys like the feeling of this. Sean's the loser. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this has been Sons, Sons of, of Pitches. Pitches. See you next time. Mm-hmm.